Fudgemania by Judy Bloom, Chapter 5, Uncle Feather's Adventure. The next day when I got up, Fudge's bed was empty. He doesn't know you're supposed to sleep late when you're on vacation. I pulled on my jeans, which I'd left on the floor. They felt cold and damp. I forgot about the sloped ceiling until I stood up and whacked my head. That made me so mad I kicked the wall. So before the day even started, I had a bump on my head and a pain in my foot. As I pulled on my sweatshirt, I heard foghorns in the distance. I took a look out the window. Nothing but white. We were completely fogged in. I hope Grandma's making cocoa, I thought, on my way downstairs. She likes to get up early. She says at her age, you really appreciate morning and there's no point in wasting it. So I wasn't surprised to hear her laughing as I came through the inside door. The kitchen and the living room are really one big room with a stone fireplace in the center. Buzzy Sr. was having breakfast with Grandma. They'd been, they'd really hit it off last night. At supper, they'd laugh so hard you'd have thought they were old friends. At the same time, Grandma was trying to feed Tootsie oatmeal, but Tootsie likes to feed herself, so she grabbed the spoon out of Grandma's hand and wound up with a blob of oatmeal in her hair. Pee, Tootsie said when she spotted me. You have to go potty? Grandma asks as if Tootsie is toilet trained, which she definitely is not. She's trying to say Pete, Fudge explained. He was at the table counting Cheerios. He counts out exactly 200 before he starts to eat. It takes forever because half the time he gets his numbers mixed up. Mom says it's just another phase and he'll get over it. He better or he'll never make it to school on time. Then Sheila Waltz is in wearing a fuzzy pink robe and bunny slippers. You'd think she'd be embarrassed to be seen that way, but I guess nothing embarrasses the cootie queen. When Jimmy finds out he has to see her first thing in the morning, he'll be on the next plane back to New York. Sheila opened all the windows in the living room on her way to the table. What are you doing, Sheila? Grandma said. You're freezing us out. I can't stand the smell, Sheila said. It's a main smell, Buzzy Sr. said. It's the dampness and the mildew. A doggy do is more like it, Sheila said. Maybe your dog goes inside, but my dog doesn't, I told her. Close the window, Sheila, please, Grandma said. The baby could catch a chill. Sheila muttered to herself, but she closed the windows. When she got to the one in front of Uncle Feather's cage, she peered inside and said, Where's your bird, Fudge? What do you mean, I asked. I mean, Uncle Feather's not in his cage, Sheila said. I looked over at Fudge, but he kept counting his Cheerios. Eighty-two, eighty-three. His bird is gone, I asked. Yes, Sheila said, gone, as in not present, as in disappeared from view. I jumped up from the table and ran over to Uncle Feather's cage. Sheila was right. Uncle Feather was definitely not present. I looked back at Fudge, who kept counting his Cheerios. 84, 85. Where's Uncle Feather, I asked him. Someplace nice, he said. 86. What does that mean, I said. I'm trying to count. I'm waiting for an answer, I told him. So was everyone else. Finally, Fudge looked up from his Cheerios. He was bored. He wanted to come out of his cage. You let him out of his cage? I couldn't believe this. Just for a little while, he started counting. 52, 53. Go get him, I said. First, I'll have my cereal. Oh, no, you won't, I told him. First, you'll get your bird. Grandma, Fudge said in his best little boy voice, but Grandma didn't fall for it. Go and get your bird, Fudge. Your cereal will wait. Buzzy Sr. and Grandma exchanged a long look as Fudge ran out of the room and headed up the stairs on the Tubman side of the house. Then they laughed, but I didn't see anything funny. I sat down and buttered a piece of toast. In a couple of minutes, Fudge was back. He's not there. Not where, I asked. Not where I left him. Where did you leave him? I can't tell. But he's not there anymore, and the window's open. I looked over at Sheila. 
Well, how was I supposed to know his bird wasn't in its cage? She said. You open the windows everywhere, I asked. Well, yes, because of the smell. I shoved my chair back from the table. Let's not panic, Sheila said, sounding exactly like her father. Let's think this through in a logical way. I've thought it through, I told her. I grabbed my rain jacket from the hook near the front door. Come on, I called the fudge. Search and rescue, Buzzy Sr. said. That's the spirit. He raised his coffee cup to toast us. I helped Fudge get into his new yellow slicker. It's so long it hangs down to the ground, making him look like a little old man with no feet. I stuck the matching hat on his head. Be careful, boys, Grandma called. It's very foggy out there. Wait, Sheila said. I'll get dressed and come with you. Forget it, I told her. You're making a big mistake, she said, because I'm the one who noticed the empty cage. Yeah, and you're the one who opened all the windows. I pushed Fudge out the door and let it slam behind me. Outside, the fog was so thick you couldn't even see the cars parked in our driveway. It was like standing inside a big white cloud. Where do birds go when it's foggy, Fudge asked. If they're smart, they stay home. We walked along a path through the woods, calling to Uncle Feather, Where are you, stupid? We used all his favorite expressions, but he didn't answer. There was no sound except for the foghorn in the distance. Uncle Feather's just playing a game, right? Fudge asked. Let's hope. The path led us down to the water. There were a couple of houses overlooking the harbor, but it was too foggy to see any of the boats. We'll start here, I told Fudge, stopping in front of an old white house with black shutters. We climbed the steps to the front porch. I'll talk, Fudge said. He's my bird. Okay, but don't waste a lot of time. I rang the bell. A woman about Grandma's age came to the door. Have you seen Uncle Feather? Fudge asked, getting right to the point. Uncle who? She said. Uncle Feather, Fudge repeated. Why, no, at least I don't think so, but coming but coming out of the fog and tell me about him. We followed her to the kitchen. You can call me Mrs. A, she told me. My husband and I live here all year round. Where are you boys staying? Through the woods, Fudge said. We have a swing. Oh, yes, I've noticed a whole gang at that house. There's Mommy and Daddy and Tootsie and Grandma, Fudge said, ticking off names on his fingers, and Buzzy Sr., Sheila, Libby, Mr. and Mrs. Tubman, and Turtle, Jake, Uncle Feather, and me and my brother Pete. This is Pete, he said, pointing at me. He's not supposed to talk. Mrs. A looked at me. That sore throat is going around, she said. I had it myself last week. What you need is some hot tea with lemon and honey. Before I had to a, cha a chance to explain that my throat wasn't sore, Fudge made himself comfortable at the kitchen table. Something smells good, he said. Mrs. A set out a plate of cinnamon buns. Fresh from the oven, she said, and I'll bet you could use a nice hot cup of cocoa, too. I could, Fudge said. I didn't have any breakfast. Why, that's terrible, Mrs. A said. On a morning like this, you need a big hot breakfast. I tugged at the sleeve of Fudge's slicker, reminding him that we didn't have time to waste if we were going to find Uncle Feather, but he ignored me. Mrs. A poured Fudge a cup of cocoa. Then she poured me a cup of tea. She stirred in a spoon of honey and squeezed the juice from a lemon wedge. That should fix your sore throat, she said. I didn't tell her when I, that when I'm sick, I like Mo Herb's tea. Where the fudge cocoa smelled so good, I could feel my mouth watering. There are times when it's better not to say anything. Mrs. A joined us at the table, and she helped herself to a cinnamon bun. I can't resist them, she explained with a guilty look on her face. This is good cocoa, Fudge said, slurping it with a spoon. Thank you, Mrs. A said. Mitzi says my cocoa's the best. Who's Mitzi? Fudge asked. My granddaughter. She's five. I'm five, too, Fudge said. Well, you'll have to come by and meet her. She'll be here tomorrow. Okay, Fudge said. I'm getting married soon, but I can still have friends, right? That's right, Mrs. A said. Everybody needs friends. She didn't ask Fudge about getting married. Instead, she watched, fascinated, as he unwound his cinnamon bun and picked out all the raisins. He piled them up in the corner of his plate. 
Finally, Mrs. A said, I certainly hope your uncle's not out sailing in this weather. I hope not too, Fudge said, because he doesn't know how to sail. Oh dear, he's not even supposed to go outside. This sounds serious, she said. Have you called the police? Not yet, Fudge said. We called the search and rescue team. Are they coming soon, she asked him. They're already here, he told her. That's a relief, she said. What does your uncle look like? In case I see someone who fits his description. He's mostly black with yellow feet and a yellow nose, Fudge said, stuffing the last of the cinnamon bun into his mouth. Mrs. A seemed surprised by Fudge's description. I could tell she was thinking hard. Then her face lit up and she waved her hands around. Oh, I get it. Your uncle's a scuba diver. Does Uncle Feather know how to dive, Fudge asked me. I'm not sure, I said, getting up from the table, but we've really got to go if we're going to find him. When we go to the front door, Mrs. A took me aside and whispered, Is your uncle all right upstairs? She tapped the side of her head in case I didn't get her point. Hard to say, I whispered back. Then I shoved Fudge out the front door. Thanks for the snack. Come back tomorrow, Mrs. A called. Okay, Fudge said. As soon as we were away from the house, I grabbed Fudge by the arm. Why didn't you tell her, her Uncle Feather's a bird? She knows that, Fudge said. How does she know? Everybody knows Uncle Feather's a bird. No, she thinks he's your uncle. My uncle, Fudge said laughing. That's really stupid. Right, that's why you should have told her. She thinks that there's this guy running around in a black wetsuit with yellow flippers and a yellow face mask. The guy who's a little weird upstairs. I tapped the side of my head the way Mrs. A had. And that he's your uncle. Come on, Pete. That's what she thinks. She doesn't know Uncle Feather's a minor bird because you didn't tell her. You have to give the facts. You have to say, my minor bird is missing. He's mostly black with yellow feet and a yellow bill. No nose, I told him. People have noses. Birds have bills. Get it? She made good cocoa. If you stop for cocoa at every house, we're never going to find him. Never? Never. Fudge started crying. That's not going to help. I dragged him along the rocky beach, hoping we'd hear Uncle Feather calling to us, but there was no sound except the waves breaking against the rocks. We went to three more houses along the water, and Fudge made it clear that his minor bird was missing, but no one had seen Uncle Feather, although they all promised to keep a lookout for him. So we trudged back to our house. Sheila was watching for us at the living room window. She opened the door. Did you find him? She asked. No, I said. Fudge sniffled. Then he covered his face with his hands and lay down on the floor, still wearing his yellow slicker and rain hat. We were quiet for a while. I guess all three of us were thinking about Uncle Feather, alone, lost, and frightened. Suddenly, we heard a piercing scream. Fudge jumped up and grabbed Sheila. I dashed to the hall closet, looking for something to use as a weapon, just in case. But before I could even grab an umbrella, we heard another scream. This time, Sheila and Fudge crawled under the table. Then Libby tore through the house, yelling, Help! There's a bat after me! She raced around the living room. There was more noise and confusion as Libby bumped into furniture and knocked over a lamp. Not that she stopped for a minute. She kept screeching and running in circles. I heard the sound of flapping wings. When I looked up, I saw something black flying after Libby. That's when I realized Libby wasn't the only one screeching. Stop, I shouted. But Libby didn't listen. That's no bad, I yelled. I started running after her. That's Uncle Feather. My bird, Fudge called from under the table. Yes, turkey brain, your bird. Fudge and Sheila came out of hiding and joined the chase. It didn't take long before everyone else in the house came to see what was happening. Tootsie, who's a good screecher herself, joined right in. She screeched as loud as she could, which got Uncle Feather going again. You four are going to have to play more quietly, Mrs. Tubman said. We're not playing, Libby screamed. Tootsie kept it up. Everybody freeze, Dad shouted. Just freeze right where you are. Libby froze. I crashed into her. Fudge crashed into me. Sheila crashed into Fudge. Uncle Feather flew across the room. He perched on top of his cage and looked over at us. 
Stupid! 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 He called. Then he hopped into his cage and Buzzy Sr. closed the door. We untangled ourselves. She looked at me. All's well that ends well, right, Peter? Yeah, Pete, Fudge said. All's well that ends well. Then he turned two somersaults and landed in my lap.